Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I'm Dr. Pat. You are listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And for many of you, you're you're like pinging me about the new intro music. Trust me, I'm still working on it. Yep. But for now, let's enjoy the beauty and the absolutely creative energy of Nick Johnson, who produced that music and gave us permission wow, like a decade ago to use it. Um, Thank you for joining us here today because we're talking about the Enneagram and it is an Enneagram, it's an Enneagram. No matter how you say it, it's a game changer. My very special co-host today is Renee Siegel. And why is this important? If you are like she and you go through life, you're educated as a marriage family therapist, you get a deep understanding of that which we do not see in the world in the same way, not just because of gender and culture and age differences, but because we have an accumulation of life experiences. You know, I coach women and, you know, I get a call yesterday and there's a situation you just could not have predicted. This is life. But here she is, right? She's got some experience in a place kind of like where I used to live. Not quite but the inner city city treatment center, and you're working with women, you're working with children, you're working with people who are alone, you're working with folks that are trying to develop skills, but they have very few of them. And then you move on to work in the hospital setting. Once you do all that, what taps you on the shoulder to say, I'm going to open a wellness center, I'm going to collaborate with professionals, I'm going to step out into the world, because I now know something. And I know something I can do differently, whether it's private practice or whether she's out speaking or she's working with professionals, men and women, all of you who are dealing with dissatisfaction, job, deep desires to make more in your life. One of the things you know is you've got to cultivate the right tools. That's what today's show is about. As a coach, a counselor, a trainer, this is Renee stepping into a world that looks at a holistic approach to understanding humans. Today, we're going to take you on a journey of what understanding humans might be about and to how to discover your pure potential. Renee, it's great to have you. It's finally here. Yay. Thank you for having me. It's finally here. I mean, I just gave people just a short snippet of your journey but it's a it's an important journey to talk about because we go through these doorways in life we step through the doorway and sometimes we know there's a sign on the doorway and it says open this door and go here and you enter into that door and sometimes 
It is like the sign says, and other times it's not. But on your journey and all of the things you do, you must have seen something that was not working or working or something that needed to work better. What was your journey to finding this game-changing tool? Well, um, that's a great question. So being uh, getting out of school, getting out of uh, uh, marriage and family therapy school and starting to work with individuals and families and couples, you know, you learn a lot of stuff academically, but then you're face to face with people who are having real life experiences and real life challenges, just like we are. We all are. This is a human dilemma. And you go through continuing education to learn about this technique and that technique and another technique. And each one of them offers some kind of pearl of wisdom for how you can help people. But I was always fascinated with why these really bright people and, and insightful people would go back and make and, and create these same kind of patterned responses. Why we keep repeating these self-defeating behaviors like what is it that takes somebody who's really smart and and i'm not just talking about smart in terms of book smarts i'm talking about smarts in terms of street smarts too right we got all sorts of smarts right we do boy yeah and we keep repeating these same patterns and and the when i was introduced to the enneagram about 20 years into my journey with helping people so about 20 years ago all of a sudden something made sense because the Enneagram or the study of the Enneagram helped me to understand why we have these knee-jerk reactions, these hardwired behaviors, these patterns that are sometimes very self-defeating, sometimes very helpful, but why we keep doing them over and over and over again. It's like You know, in the fellowship, they say that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And yet each and every one of us, whether we're in recovery or not, does the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. (laughs) Yeah. And when we do that, we end up at the moment of dissatisfaction, frustration, frustration, disappointment, and depression. Mm -hmm. We can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So the the Enneagram has, as in its study and in the practices that you can learn about in terms of of using the Enneagram, it has components of looking at how you think, how you emote or have emotional, emotional reactions, and how you have behavioral reactions too. So it's kind of a composite. It's a way of kind of holistically combining your worldview, how you perceive the world, how you defend against the world, how you emotionally experience life, and what you actually do take action and behave in life. And the word Enya means nine, and gram is just the the word to uh, describe the illustration of the diagram. So it's a nine-pointed diagram that describes nine different ways people would suit up to face challenges of the world, defend themselves against challenges of the world, react emotionally, behaviorally, and 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 in thinking. And so it is truly a holistic way of helping people to understand. That's step one, though, because just because we get who we are doesn't really help us. It's when we learn to 
watch who we are and what we're doing and thinking and behaving, that's when we can actually shift and make some changes. So it's not putting us in a box like a lot of other systems have described. It's helping you to get the map and find your way out of the box that you've already put yourself in. And let me ask you a question about this because, you know, you are now, I, I gave a short, a, a very short description of where you are and where you are now. Now you are in the field of uh, becoming, you are the leader in this field or one of the leaders in this field in terms of integrating everything you've done and helping people understand this human design system, this system which says these are the multifaceted ways that you may be operating in the world. And by the way, what is the benefit of this? What should you know about one of these? And you know, what can you do? How do you navigate? And that's what we're gonna be talking about throughout the show. Um, I know for me, uh, I took a look at mine here recently and there's a little bit of information you could get, but there's nothing like walking somebody through this to say, look, If you are looking at what just showed up in a chart and you see that in your chart, you are something like pretty much a seven and an eight, you can read about it, but you're not going to understand exactly what the heck that means. And that's what I love about what you do, Renee, because this isn't like another, let's just call it assessment tool, right? This is not that. This has so many layers of helpful information for people that if you understood this and you're confronted with the boss that says to you, I'm going to reduce your salary by $50,000, you're going to have to know how to work through that or any other life situation. But even more importantly, and let me ask you about this, this understanding is to help you build the life you want, isn't it? To literally build the life you want. Mm-hmm. Well, it's first it's to, to have a better understanding of yourself. The most important relationship we will ever have at any point in time is the relationship that we have with ourselves. It's the relationship that we have with ourselves in terms of understanding ourselves, of compassionately holding ourselves, of knowing how and what to do activity-wise with ourselves. And when we really get that, we can certainly engage with other people in a very different way. Until we get that piece, then we're really operating in the blind area. And that's, again, one of the great aspects of the Enneagram. When I have a sense of, wow, I'm doing this and thinking this and feeling this because of my hard wiring, I don't have to stay in this place, but I'm I'm watching myself do this. That's why my tagline is dancing between observation and participation. It's like, can I watch it? And then can I step back in, in from that place of observation and then maybe shift in terms of not doing something I would typically do? I can make a change. I can pause and pivot and do something different. So merely understanding yourself is the first piece. And then engaging with other people differently is the second piece because of that pause and pivot. Me, when we come back, what I want to talk about is the true holistic nature of this. Because, look, 
when I signed on to do a radio show 17 years ago, I did not know that this would be a giant playground for me to look at myself and to really be in front of the best listening audience on the planet and get feedback from them and get feedback from producers. I had no idea this would be the place that I would have to stumble, fall, step in a pothole to learn about the very nature. The question is, what did I learn about this along the way to being that person that gets to talk with you? And what would, if I'd have had this in front of me, what could I, what could I have learned sooner, <laughs> Renee? Like what pothole maybe I didn't have to fall in? What swimming pool, deep end of the swimming pool did I jump in and I don't swim? How would this have helped me? And we're going to go through this. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about why the understanding is so essential and helping us navigate life. Renee Siegel will also going to talk about her show. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. The Finder of Lost Things, exploring your superpowers of trust, healing, and transformation with me, Hannah Belton. When my brother Christian went missing, I completely denied my grief. We can either transform and transition or we can stay stagnant. This podcast will uncover the process that Christian and I went on to find the lost things, him, and to find the parts of me that were missing. And there's things that are missing in you that prevent you from letting go, whether it's a person, a dream, a lifestyle. That process of trusting and finding the lost pieces and, and integrating them, that's where you get your sustainable transition that will carry on tune in every monday at 9 a.m pacific on transformationtalkradio.com you can find me at hannahvelton.online healing has a ripple effect one person's healing affects everyone around them this is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Hi, I'm Laura Goldstein, and here's a Coffee with the Universe tip. Ever wonder why you want to go to the gym more, for example, but you just can't make it happen? You find yourself rearranging your underwear drawer instead of getting in the car. If this sounds like you, you might have caught a case of the shoulds. Maybe you think you should lose 20 pounds to fit back into your favorite pair of jeans, or that you should be healthier in general. It all sounds good, but deep down you just aren't into it. Truth is, making choices from shoulds just leads to guilt, resentment, and a whole lot of procrastination. So take a good look at your goals. Are you shooting yourself anywhere? If so, give yourself permission to let it go. 
For more insights like this, tune into my Transformation Talk radio show called Coffee with the Universe. It's a live call-in show. I'd love to support you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am so thrilled to be introducing you to Renee Siegel. Renee, before we start to talk about this amazing holistic system, um, I want folks to know how do they find out more about you? Tell us about your upcoming show. And also, what is the service that you've now created to Instagram? Uh, integrate. That's I did. Did I create like a new word for yeah, you? Instagram. Did I give you like a new brand? The Instagram by Renee Siegel. Um, please tell people. I told you I have a strange time with words. Please tell people how they can find out more about you. Sure. Thank you. Well. Um, I have a website. It's urepurepotential.com. It's the letter U, the letter R, the word purepotential.com. So you can contact me through that website. Um, I'm going to be starting uh, my own show with you folks on May 24th from at 4 o'clock p.m. East uh, Pacific Standard Time. And I think I am on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. Um, where we will be going into an intro to the Enneagram. We'll be taking a full tour of the types. We'll be looking at the centers, these centers of intelligence, of thinking, emoting, and behaving. And then we will have an opportunity to hear from each one of the Enneagram types through their own narrative, the lens of their type, what their Enneagram journey has been like. So it's not just me sharing information. You're going to hear it from the source. And we're going to do that over the course of uh, 12 weeks. And I'm just absolutely jazzed to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And there's a way that you can take a test because everybody wants to know what their type is, right? Right. Everybody wants to know what their type is. And so I'm going to share a caveat. And that is that the journey to finding your type, it can be just as rich as landing on your type. We only have one type. And that type is pretty hardwired. We all have aspects of all the types. But the journey to finding your type is rich because as you begin to synthesize information and look at each of these types, you're beginning to take that inner observation journey, that self-awareness journey, the noticing like you were talking about during breakup. You know, am I, am I doing this or am I doing that? I mean, you have to ask yourself those questions and really look inside for those answers. So if you come up on this Enneagram test, and I'll give you a um, website that you can go to to take a complimentary test in just a minute. Um, if you come up and your bar graph or your, your numbers are close by to other numbers, just consider both of those types, read about the types, see which ones land and resonate with you, where you feel a visceral a somatic kind of experiencing of those types, which, which is right for you. And that part of the journey, that inner observation is every bit as important as landing on your type. And, and I think that this is interesting because, you know, I've talked to a number of people who have really worked with and looked at and on the journey to find their to find their core, so to speak, to find out more about themselves. And I can tell you for me that I've taken, um, I've taken the, the, the Enneagram test or Enneagram test from the website we're about to give out again. 
and I've taken it from other sites. And I have to tell you that some of the results are quite similar. Eight and seven show up like at the top in no matter what I take. Um, and then it varies a little bit. It's also important to understand what these mean. And today we're gonna to go through and talk about them and talk about perhaps how we show up in the world and because of how we show up in the world and we don't have an understanding of it, we don't know what to do with it. We don't know what to do with how we show up and it's like, now what do I do with that? You know, is there a way that I can just, when I'm around somebody that's not like that, you know, what can I learn, especially if you are somebody in the workplace and you're leading a team or you're working with an organization and you, you just wing it, so to speak, because you don't know, or you take the long route and over a 10 year period, perhaps you get to know the person that's going to be your predecessor there is a much better way. Isn't that what we're talking about? Because please don't step, step in the potholes if you don't need to. Yeah, it is a way, it is a way to avoid certain kinds of things about ourselves. We all have aspects of ourselves that we consider becoming, that we like, that we appreciate, that we have no problem sharing with other people. And we all have aspects of ourselves that are less becoming, that are our shadow side, that we don't particularly like. And they aggravate and irritate other people more often than not, but they're still part of who we are. All mm -hmm. of it, all of it is a part of who we are. All of it is a part of being a human being, you know, the, the warts, the freckles and all the good stuff too. Yeah. Everything makes us a human being. And the more aware we are of all of it, the more we can sit and hold all of it more compassion we can muster up for all of it, the less of a hold it actually has on us. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question. <clears throat> and we're going to talk about this more. You know, how do people find out their type? Let's make sure we mention that. And then let's talk about some of the way we self-assess. You know, is this a scenario where some of the types are more healthy than others? How does that work? But how do people if they're listening today, where can they go and do this as we're speaking? Okay. So there are lots and lots of Enneagram assessments that you can take. Um, some of them cost money. I'm going to give you one that does not cost money that you can take. That's a relatively accurate assessment and it will create a bar graph for you at the end of the assessment so that you can see how strong you are in each one of the types. And so the website is www.eclecticenergiesplural.com, E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C-E-N-E-R-G-I-E-S.com. There are two Enneagram tests that you can take on that site. The one that provides a lot more information than the other is test two with instinctual variance. And once you have your results, you can then start to YouTube or Google information about the types, especially if you land on like two types that are really strong. And then as you begin to look at them, you'll go, oh, this is really more me <laughs> than that is me. 
um, it becomes clear and clear and clear. Just like, can I use you as an example, Dr. Pat? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we, you have seven, eight, eight, seven, you keep talking about that. Well, you know, my hunch is from the uh, brief amount of time that we've spent together that you have one of those types that is your type and the other, as you look at the Enneagram map, that is your wing that influences your type. And so the energy of one of them is stronger than the energy of the other. And um, again, this is one of the things that's difficult about the Enneagram is it's a complicated system. It's a thorough system. It's a holistic system. It's a wonderful system, but it is, um, it's a complicated system. So, so finding your type, understanding about your type, knowing that your underlying core motivations are what rule your types. So let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Sure. If, if I were to ask our listeners, how many of you think it's important to be a good person? The majority of everybody would say, of course, yeah. it's important <laughs> to be a good person. What are you crazy? I, I think it's important to be a good person. So we get a lot of people saying, I think it's important to be a good person. Right. If I changed that question and said to people, why do you think it's important to be a good person? What would happen if you weren't a good person? How would your life look if you didn't consider yourself a good person? What would that mean? We're looking now not just at an answer to, is it important to be a good person? But we're looking at the core motivation for why somebody does what they do or feels what they feel or thinks what they think. And these thinking, feeling, and behavioral patterns are the ones that really dictate our type. Well, look, I love that we're going to be digging deeply into this as we go. And, you know, I'm very clear about the fact that the more I'm learning about myself, and clearly I have not looked at this with you in depth. So let's just put that caveat out there. This is like a real live experiment conversation with most amazing Renee Siegel. When we come back, we're going to talk about the types, but we're also going to talk about what to do and not do when you get your type. Don't fall in the pit that many of us fell in with other assessments like the Myers-Briggs, where you got your type and you boss freaked out that you were an INFP. That's for real for me. Almost lost my job over that situation. That's not the Enneagram. That's not what we're talking about today. This is about understanding, implementing, taking action, and knowing what to do. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're also taking your questions, everybody. 1-800-930-2819. If you have taken the test, and maybe you got something you want to talk to Renee about, come on, give us a shout. Or over on Facebook, give us a question. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Trish Laub from A Cup of Comfort, where we talk about care hero topics that nobody wants to talk about. Here's your care hero tip of the day. During all care hero journeys, the need to keep track of a lot of information arises, some of it critical. Possibly the greatest challenge care heroes face is the gathering and organizing of information. Just as every trade has a power tool, whether an electric drill or a laptop, my family's care hero power tool was the three ring binder. We generated a mini library of labeled three ring binders, one for each category of information. 
complemented with additional spiral notebooks used to detail medical appointments and episodes. This unfussy and convenient system of binders helped my family stay organized and able to deliver the dignified care and end of life my parents desired. Tune into my show to learn more. See you on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 12 Pacific here on Transformation Talk Radio. Feel free to reach out to me at info at The truth is funny. Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. You know, okay, so I am here with the most amazing Renee Siegel. She is an expert in Enneagram and what we're talking about today, but she's also much more. I mentioned she was a counselor. She's somebody that understands the multifaceted nature of our culture and our lives and works with people, um, you know, pretty much all over the world. And when we're talking about a tool like the Enneagram today, I just shared with her and during the break, I have taken the Enneagram test from the website we gave out today, and I've taken it from another site. But one of the things that comes true, there are some of the types that come up for me that are fairly consistent in both. The question really is, what are the types? Let's take a tour of the types. But let me just say this to you. This is unlike any other assessment type you've got. This is not going to be one of those assessments that causes you to cringe because you can learn out about how this works, especially in Enneagram Conversations upcoming podcast series with Renee. You'll be able to call in. You'll be able to take your test. You'll be able to ask her questions. You'll be able to dot, 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 and understand it. For me, when they were reviewing my chart during the break, and I can't remember Renee's exact words, but there was something that required an advanced conversation, which we're not doing today. But I promise you, if it's of interest to you, Renee will come back and we'll take a look at what that means. Renee, what's the best website for people to find out more about you? Um, you are purepotential.com, letter U, letter R, the word purepotential.com. And it has an um, information about my practice, my counseling and coaching practice. I specialize in three areas, um, addictions, long-term recovery addictions, 
relationships, personal and professional relationships, and wellness, uh, overall wellness kinds of um, strategies for people who are trying to incorporate wellness in their life and don't want to stay on lots of mood-altering medications to make that happen. Boy, um, I got to tell you, we need that right now. We sure do. The numbers are coming out. You know, yeah. this is a profession and, you know, I have been a coach and mentor in the recovery arena for over 30 years and I have never seen such numbers ever for women ever. And oh, I'm concerned. Yeah. 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 So we're going to take a tour of the types and give you a little information about each one of the types. So a question that was asked last segment that we didn't answer, is there one type that's healthier than another? Oh boy. No, there are no <laughs> types that are healthier than another. And piggybacking on that question, are, are certain types more likely to get along with others than uh, others? And healthy types get along with healthy types. So within each of our types, as we do with this tour of the types, you'll find that as I'm giving these descriptions, I'm giving descriptions of an average person. By the time you've collected as many life experiences as I have in this stage of my life, I've certainly done a fair amount of work on myself. So even though I will describe to you my type, I'll describe to you the average experience of my type. And I would like to say that I've done a lot of work and I'm not the average experience of my type right now. I'm a healthier version of that. So if you think of a slinky, you know, the old toy, a slinky, it's kind of oh, like, I love the slinkies. Yeah, it's kind of like we, we really kind of expand ourselves as we really see past our types and we're not so hardwired and super glued to the patterns of our type. So we're going to go around and talk about the types chronologically from one to nine. And type one is called the perfectionist. It sits in the body triad, meaning that it the area of intelligence, the center of intelligence that it operates from is body intelligence or intuition, a sense of, of how do I access information from, from an experience in my body, in my human body, and an and instinctive or intuitive intelligence. We have heart intelligence, belly or intuitive intelligence, and head intelligence. And more often than not, we talk about head intelligence. So when we talk Enneagram language and we do this tour of the types, we're going to talk about which center each one of these types sits. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. one sits in the instinctual or body belly type of intelligence. The focus is on what needs to be corrected in the world, where there is error. Um, there's a lot of internal dialogue. Um, Lots of types have internal dialogue. We all have an internal critic, but a one has an internal committee criticizing things. So they have a lot of uh, going on upstairs about what needs attention for correction, what's right or wrong. They can, uh, in a very low level, they can be very moralistic and very judgmental. At a very high level, a one can just see the uh, absolute symphony of perfection in the world so just to show you the bandwidth of, of health type twos are called the givers that is the type that i god bless you resonate with and uh, it's a helper or the giver and their focus of it they're in the heart triad they um come from a place where they um feel 
uh, their way in the world. They emote their way in the world. They're sensate feelings in our belly, but feelings that we're talking about emotional feelings right now. Type twos, um, uh, focus of attention is generally on other people, on other people's needs. So they're, even though they're in the heart triad, they're not as aware of their own emotional experience as they are deeply aware of other people's emotional experiences. Hence, uh, at their lowest level, they can be martyrs and codependent. And at their highest levels, they can truly serve and be very giving, nurturing, loving, generous people without any need to get something in return. A type three is a doer, or the, we call them the performer. Um, uh, they um, have the tagline of uh, their human doings instead of human beings. They like to get her done. Um, we have a culture of kind of get her done. You know, a lot of product, the focus of attention is on productivity and efficiency. This type sits in the heart triad as well. But even though it sits in the heart triad, there is a tendency to see emotion, emotions as messy and getting in the way of getting things done. Mm -hmm. I saw where this showed up in my chart and I was a little confused about it. N not because I didn't understand it, but because of what you're saying right now uh, and because of some of the other things that show up. That's why it's so important to sit down and work with you. Because if I look at my life right now and you ask me where am I in my life right now and I answer those questions, I would bet to say that if I really thought about it, Renee, I don't think I'm any different now than I was when I was younger. I just couldn't, ex I just didn't have the sense of being able to get the things done that I wanted to get done. Mm -hmm. And this is interesting um, because I find that when you look at each type individually, it's one thing, but hopefully we'll get to you talking about when you look at how these come out side by side as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the skills and the resources that we gather as we gain life experiences generally have us far more prepared to manage certain things in our lives, you know, as, as we get older. And so our threes, our, our human doings, our, our performers, uh, their focus of attention is not on their emotions, even though they are in the heart triad and they are very sensitive. Our type fours are the last type in the heart triad. They also come from a place of, um, of resorting to and, and, and leaning into that deep emotional experience. They oftentimes feel misunderstood. They are the one type within the heart triad that are deeply focused on an emotional, intense emotional experience. For many people, that's very uncomfortable because our society doesn't generally respect and appreciate the deep, intense emotional experiences that people have. Um, and fours can bask in the sweetness of even sadness. They really love the emotionality of anything. On their low side, they can be drama kings and queens. And on their high side, they can be expressive artists who are just sharing their incredible creativity with the world. Our fives are a head triad. They're the first of the head triad. And they're often called the investigator. Oh, I didn't give you the name for the four. The four could be the romantic or the individualist. Um, the... Um, and by the way, there's lots of names for each one of these types. 
depending on whose school you study under. The five, often called the observer or the investigator, is um, looking at facts. They really see, they mentally map things, they gather information, they see information as power. Uh, information is potent and powerful and they um, gather information in, in an effort to avoid um, fear and, and in uncertainty in the world. So they're oftentimes the brainiacs of the Enneagram, not always, but if you look at some of the brightest and most eccentric people in the world, uh, oftentimes they're type fives. Type sixes have a relationship. They're also a head type. They have a relationship with fear, call them the loyal skeptic or the loyalist. Um, they oftentimes are very duty bound. They manage fear by either challenging authority uh, and and plunging through their fear or stepping back from and avoiding fear. They play out worst case scenarios. They second guess things. Um, they uh, play the devil's advocate, examining pros and cons of everything. Um, our sevens, which we might call the enthusiasts, are adventurers. Uh, I think there's actually a school that even calls them the adventurist. Um, they are uh, they reframe everything. The glass is always not only half full, the glass is teeming over the top. Um, life is an adventure filled with possibility and options. And please do not step on my options. Low level experience of a seven is that they will avoid pain and be really superficial. And the highest expression of a seven is to really move through that deep pain and still be able to reframe something coming out of the other side of a really difficult experience moving through it. Our eights are, are called the boss, the maverick, um, and they are um, uh, a body triad. They're the first type in the body triad. It actually starts eight, nine, and one, but we started chronologically with one. Our eights are um, intuitive, they're all or nothing. They're the one type in the Enneagram that are seriously comfortable with the energy of anger. Anger is just really not anything to be upset about. In fact, they can manage and feel anger in their body or maybe not manage it. That's a higher level experience of an eight. Usually lower level eights don't manage anger very well. They're very intimidating to people around them. But as they grow more aware of themselves, they can modulate that energy. They come in with this big burst of energy everywhere they go. They can't sneak into a room um, at all. They're just, they blast into a room, even if they don't intend to. Um, but they're great leaders and, and, and very able to, to be like spiritual warriors. And our nines are the peacemakers. They're the, also a body type. Um, they are... Um, uh, they manage anger by being passive aggressive. They would rather go along to get along and not rock the boat. They would call them uh, kind of sleepy at times because they often forget their own needs. They'll set their own needs aside in service of the group um, just to keep things going along and moving slowly. And that is the fastest um, tour of the types I've ever given. This is just meant to whet your appetite and pique your interest because we could talk about each one of these types for a month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be doing more of this because um, my, I'm going to put this out for our team here to do this and take it. 
Um, but I was fascinated because I, I've been talking, people don't know this, but you and I have been talking for weeks now and we've gotten to know each other and I've gotten to know the power of what you do and, you know, how you walk three people through what the potential potholes are, you know, because you're this nothing to be concerned about, but this is something you should know about and be aware of. Um, I, some of the things you described and what came up in my chart, and let's go ahead and skip the break, Olivia and Benny. Um, when you describe the part about anger, it was really interesting to me. I could walk into a room and sound like I'm furious at you. And I'm really not. But there's something in my voice, the way that I'm talking about it as a leader of the team, that is very intense. And I, I, this is a part of me that I've tried to really look at. You know, there's a level of intensity. I grew up in an environment where there's interesting things in my performance review, but I don't even have to say a word. And people might say to me, man, you look really unapproachable. I'm just thinking. I, I don't really have anything going on about thinking about you. I just got something going on in my mind. But you said something interesting. These are not one size fits all. They're not just, this is your thing. It's understanding these in the context of everything in it. Because I will tell you this, while I don't really have thoughts about my own level of anger, I, I can have a moment of anger at a political thing. And if you ask me about it 30 seconds from that moment, I probably couldn't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But I am like a sponge around other people's angers and emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's always been an interesting dynamic for me. It's like I can be passionate or talk to you about something I read in the headline and you'll call me later and you're still thinking about it. I'm like, what did I say, Renee? You're done. <laughs> You're done. I'm done. Um, but when it comes to the absorption, and so tell me how we get to learn about that interesting dynamic and where that would show up in somebody's assessment. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a, a, a type is just where we begin. When you finally you. land on a type, like yeah. you land on an eight or a seven, there's so many other parts of it. Like I said, this is a very slow and deliberate and long time journey. One of the reasons I was so attracted to this process was that um, the more I knew about it, the more I realized I didn't know. So it was like one of those things that, that was like ancient wisdom traditions where you scratch the surface and it's like, oh, this is really juicy. What does that mean? And what does this mean? So as somebody who resonates with a certain type, I also have a subtype. A subtype is an expression of my type and that talks about whether or not I really enjoy spending maybe a lot of time by myself or a lot of times engaging with other people or a lot of time being involved in organizations or a lot of time um, uh, just with my beloved alone, that one sacred special person in my life. Each one of the types has a subtype, um, which is where those instinctual variants and the Enneagram test two that I gave you, uh, it gives you not just your type, but it'll give you that instinctual Mm -hmm. variant. Those instinctual variants are 
a sexual variant, which has very little to do with sexuality, but it has to do with having a special relationship and, and bonding with a significant other. Um, uh, social subtypes, which is not just about being in organizations, but how well you do in groups mm -hmm. or what a cause, maybe a cause that you feel compelled to participate in and a self-preservation aspect, which is, you know, just the need to kind of pull in and be away from and have your own provisions mm -hmm. or, or, you know, feel the set of circumstances all by yourself. These color our experience for each one of our types, and those may shift as our life changes, although our type doesn't change. So just as in, there's a lot of controversy over what I'm about to say in the Enneagram world, yes. but I, I have a strong belief about this, and that is that just thinking about getting older, I travel differently with things in my suitcase today than I would when I was 20. If I lost a pair of flip-flops, <laughs> And I was traveling and got off the plane. I just go to Walgreens and get a new pair of flip-flops. If I lost my flip-flops that have a good arch in them and I knew I was going to hike up somewhere, go for a really long walk, I'd be a little bit more aggravated today <laughs> than I would have been when I was 20. So there's a more of a self-movement towards being self-preserved as we age. That doesn't mean that I lead with a self-preservation yeah. So our subtypes color all of our types. Our, the work we've done on ourselves colors all of our types. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what's exciting. And I know you're going to be working with our team here at the, the network. And it's interesting. I, I sent a little ping out and I sent the link to both Linda and Jessica to fill out. And, you know, it, 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 and I, I'm pretty sure Livy has already done it. And, you know, what's interesting is not to start to have a dialogue with other people about what you see and what you think. I think it's so important to save this time and space sacredly to work with someone like you because things can be misunderstood. And you know, you know, if you show up and you're an eight and somebody else shows up as something that's like has eight at the bottom, it's an immediate characteristic that you want to point out. And yet you really do need to understand this when in fact, that may be the exact team member you need. Mm -hmm. That may be the person you need. Because if there are all me's on the team, we're not getting anything done. Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. We, we had that in an Enneagram organization where we were missing one type. And as soon as we add, added that person to our board, all of the dilemmas that we were facing, right. we, we right. went away. Now, Linda has not done hers, and Jessica was very quick to finish hers, but I'm not going to talk about them on air. That's really personal. But I would venture to say that when we look at each of us on the team, there will be an in-depth understanding. Every team needs that analyzer type. Every team needs that person that's going to say something or ask a question where the whole team is rallying around the whole booyah, and that person's going to come in and say, but what if the tree you're planting doesn't get enough water where you're planting it? How will you make sure it gets irrigated every day? And everybody looks at that person like, are you seriously asking us that question right now? Are you kidding me? We're halfway through. We're really excited. And you're bringing up this problem, but every team needs it. We wouldn't be here today without that type of person on our team. And we have two of them, I think. 
Yeah. And you, and you know, in certain occupations, that's less important than in others. I mean, there are certain occupations yeah. that are pretty likely to have, you know, I mean, I want a perfectionist to do my surgery. <laughs> um, you know, I'm very interested in having somebody who's very detailed or, and that doesn't mean it necessarily needs to be a type one, right? but you know, it, it could be a type five There's somebody paying a lot of attention to the facts and the de- and that person may not have the best bedside manner, but if that's going to keep me alive and the precision and the attention that's paid to yep. that detail is there. So we have these innate capacities to to offer these gifts, each yeah. one of these types has a spiritual essential gift. Exactly. We didn't even touch on the spiritual aspects of the Enneagram. The Enneagram is over two, the underpinnings of this theory are over 2,000 yeah. years old. And that's why I brought it up, Renee, because I wanted to bring that out. I wanted to bring out why this is so different and how it's so different. Because the other assessments that I've taken were not. They were really assessments that say, this is who you are. This is who your team is. You got to go through some behavioral modification with no understanding about the spiritual nature of this, you know, about how you bring a team together and you honor what each person brings to the team. And you see the value in that, but you also understand the hiccups of yourself. Like me looking at this for myself and what showed up on my chart is, you know, especially when I think about, well, What are the potholes that I step in as being like this? And I hope that in the next time you come back, we talk about this, but you're also going to cover the spiritual nature of this on your show. So tell us about that. Tell us about how people work with you directly, how they can get an assessment that helps them understand a life path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the the show is going to cover in our 12 episodes, it's going to cover the basic uh, basic information about the Enneagram and its spiritual underpinnings and where it kind of came from. These centers of intelligence, these portals that we talked about, head, heart, and body. And it's going to talk about each one of the nine types in greater depth. Again, beginning on May 24th at 4 p.m. Enneagram Conversations. Um, and you can reach me, Renee Siegel, at urpurepotential.com. The letter U, the letter R, purepotential.com. I believe in the contact it offers you a um, brief consultation with me at no charge. Um, so if you'd like more information, I'd be happy to speak with you. I counsel and coach right now. My practice is almost full. I have room for one more person until mid-June. Um, and um, because I only work with X number of people because I teach and train. And then I, as they move on, I bring in somebody else because we work in really intense ways specializing in three areas, long-term addictions, recovery, personal and professional relationships, and developing unique paths to wellness.